Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Lord, we do pray now that you would help us to think about your goodness and your grace and your love as we see, Lord, all of this focused now on when you gave your blood and your life for us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, now this morning before we come to the Lord's table, just a few thoughts here and centering again, going back to that time, that momentous time, when at the base of Mount Sinai, it says in, in, in Exodus 24.8, Exodus 24.8, that Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, behold the blood of the covenant. And thinking about that blood, we've been going through these different parts in the Word of God which tell us about what that blood has done for us. And of course, that is a symbol of what Moses gave for the blood of the Lord Jesus, which again, and when we break bread in a little bit, we're going to be focused more on it. But one of the aspects of what that blood accomplished is given to us in Revelation 12.10. In Revelation 12.10, where John has gone into the, has gotten this great revelation, and he writes, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their own lives unto the death. So here we are with John. We're hearing this song. It's a song of triumph over the devil. And the song starts out by... by, 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 by the words, salvation of our God. That means the salvation that belongs to the Lord Jesus that he's given to us. And in Revelation, it's, it, it speaks about this in Revelation 7.10. Revelation 7.10, here's another part where it says, and cried with a loud voice saying, salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. Over and over again, we see this theme in the book of Revelation. Salvation, Revelation 19.1. Revelation 19.1, after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. So when we read things like salvation unto the Lord our God, salvation of the Lord, the emphasis comes back to us that this salvation was not man's idea. This salvation is God's idea. Like it says 
And it, when, when God was speaking about or to Israel, and he was saying that he was going to save them in Ezekiel 37.23, Ezekiel 37.23, God said, Neither shall they defile themselves any more with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions, but I will save them out of all their dwelling places wherein they have sinned, and I will cleanse them, and they shall be my people, and I shall be their God. What this again is showing to us is that salvation is God's work. It's not our work. And that's what is emphasized to us in Ephesians, in Ephesians 2.8. Ephesians 2.8, it says, very familiar verse, for by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. That verse, please, 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 do not think of that verse as saying that it's our faith that's a gift of God. The Greek is very clear from the gender that it's the salvation that's from the gift of God. Even Calvin believed that. Anyway, Hebrews 5.9 says, being made perfect, we, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. So the Lord Jesus made it all happen. He made salvation happen. And this is, this is, this is by his power it's this power. Literally, it's the power, it's the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when he was, uh, when he was here and he was constantly being dogged, he was constantly being challenged, he was constantly, uh, uh, they were after him. And in one of those times in Mark chapter 122, in Mark chapter 122, it says, they were astonished at his doctrine for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes, as one having authority. And in another place, in Matthew 8 9, this authority comes up in Matthew 8 9, where, where a centurion said to him, I am a man under authority and having soldiers under me. So he's under authority and he has authority. And I say to this man, go and he goeth, and to another, come and he cometh, and to my servant, do this and he doeth it. And, and then the Lord also, when he was speaking to them, he says in Matthew 28, 18, Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All authority is given. The power is the authority. So the question became, as he was being dogged, as he was being chased around, the, the question became, who gave them this authority? What is the source of his authority. And that was a question that was asked to him in Matthew 21, 23. Matthew 21, 23. When he was coming to the temple, the chief priests, the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said unto them, by what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority? Can you imagine that? Suppose that someone came into that door, those doors right now and says, Tom Cantor, by what authority do you say these things? Who gave you this authority? That reminds me of my Jewish friend, my rabbi friend, and he was in Russia, and he was in Russia, and, 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 and the, there was a meeting, it was a Jewish meeting there, and he was reading from the, from, the, from the Torah, from the first five books of Moses, from the pulpit, and the KGB came, into the, came in there and, 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 and says, uh, says, what are you reading from? And he says, uh, the Torah. And he says, who gave you that book? And he said, Moses did. <laughs> Who gave us the authority? So who gave the authority to the Lord Jesus Christ? 
And that was a challenge of Moses. Moses was challenged with the same question in Exodus 2.14. In Exodus 2.14, when he came to the Jewish people, they didn't accept him. He said, and, and, and they said, the, the, the one of the Jewish people there said to Moses, who may be a prince and a judge over us? Tendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? Moses feared and said, oh, the thing is known. Who gave this authority was the question that's always come down. Who gave this authority to Moses? Who gave this authority to the Lord Jesus? Who gave this authority to the Lord Jesus? That's the question. The answer is in Psalm 2. Psalm 2, verse 6. The answer, who gave the authority to the Lord Jesus, is Psalm 2, verse 6. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me this day, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Who gave the Lord Jesus authority? Psalm 110 verse 1 answers the question, which he actually brought up to them. And they asked it, and, and he said, how sayest thou, the Lord said unto my Lord, Psalm 110 verse 1, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. He answers the question in John 5, 26. John 5, 26. The Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself and have given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. When the people heard these kind of things, it says in Mark 127, Mark 127, they were all amazed insomuch that they questioned among themselves saying, what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits and they do obey him. They do obey him. Now, the Lord Jesus had all this authority and the question is, what did he do with the authority? Did he just set himself up as a king so he would be set and he would have people serving him? It says clearly what he did with this authority in Mark 7.37. Mark 7.37. And were beyond measure astonished, saying, he hath done all things well. He maketh both the blind to hear and the dumb to speak. What he did with the authority? He healed. He had authority. He had power. He healed. In Matthew 8.29, Matthew 8.29, it reads, Behold, they cried out, saying, these are the demons, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? What did he do with this authority? He cast out devils. What did he do with this authority? What he did with the authority is given to us in, in Gen Genesis 3.15. Genesis 3.15, where? It says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. What we're finding here in the, in the book of Revelation is the fulfillment of Genesis 3.15. All started back there in the beginning 
with the fall of man in Genesis 3.15, when there was a prediction of how he would crush the head of the devil. And now we come all the way to the end of the Bible in Revelation 12.9, Revelation 12.9, where it says that great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And then what he's going to do with this authority is given to us in Revelation 22. Revelation 22, he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. With his authority, the devil will be bound. He will bind the devil for a thousand years. And he gives us this authority as well. It says in, in Hebrews 2.14, Hebrews 2.14, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise himself took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. So there he is, there he is taking, becoming a person just like us, a man just like us, so that in, as man he might destroy him that had the power of death, he might destroy the devil. In other words, Satan came first to man in the garden and took advantage of the vulnerability there and, and so caused man to enter into death, to fall. And so the Lord Jesus says, inasmuch as you caused the fall of man, I as God will become a man so that I can cause the fall of you by man. And that's what he did. And then what happened, is, and, and, and in this process, it says in Hosea 13, 14, Hosea 13, 14, he said, I will ransom them from the power of death. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. So, it, so, so that's where now we get to Revelation 20, verse 10. Revelation 20, verse 10, where it says, the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented forever and ever. That's death and hell. That's the fulfillment of what he promised back in Hosea 13, 14. Hosea 13, 14. Again, in Revelation 20, verse 14, it talks about death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. So, what we find now is that this old enemy, it's not a new enemy, the old enemy, the devil, the, 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 the devil that from the beginning, as it says in, 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 in Revelation 12, 9, Revelation 12, 9, he's called that old serpent, that old serpent, the old enemy, as he's called in 1 John 3, verse 8, 1 John 3, verse 8, he that committeth sin is of the devil, the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. When the Lord was speaking to, 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 to those who wanted to kill him, he said in John 8, 44, John 8, 44, you are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father, lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. So this is our enemy. Our enemy is the one who, 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 who caused Adam to fall. He has never gone away. He's still there. He's, he's opposing us. He hinders us. In 1 Thessalonians 2.18, 1 Thessalonians 2.18, it says, Wherefore we would, have, we would have come unto you, 
even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. That's the source of when we are hindered, the word devil. It means diabolos, and it means the slanderer, the one who speaks against us. You know, it comes that diabolos has the word balos in it, like a ball. And so he, 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 he's constantly throwing slander like a ball. And, and, and this is the first picture we see of the devil. When we look in the Bible, he is a slandering person in Genesis 3, verse 1. Genesis 3, verse 1, it says, The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God really said, he didn't say really, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? The woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, that your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as God's knowing good and evil. What is this? This is a case where the devil is stepping in there and says, No, 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 no. God is not trying to protect you. God is trying to harm you by restricting from you what is good. This is the first picture in the Bible that we see of Satan. He's slandering God. He's slandering God before men. And then we see the devil in in Job chapter 1, verse 9. Job chapter 1, verse 9. Again, he's up to his slandering business where it says, Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast thou not made a hedge about him and about his house and all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thy hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. That's slander. That's the devil throwing the ball of slander at Job and say, he is a cursor of you, God. He will curse you to your face. This is the picture we have. The next picture we see of Satan is when he's talking to God. And again, he's saying to God, no, 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 no. Job doesn't love God. Job loves what God does for Job. And, and, and Job's love for God is only as thick as what, as, as what Job has by way of possessions and blessing. That's the only reason why Job loves God. Come on, it's only because you've given him a great family, you've given him possessions. Take it away, and, and, and you'll get the answer to the question that later you'll ask Peter. Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Now, by the way, this is, this is why you and I suffer the loss of loved ones, the loss of health, the loss of possessions, the loss of good plans for the future, because the devil is slandering us and God and, 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 and slandering us and, and, and our, the slander is to God. And the devil is constantly saying to God about us, he only loves you because of what you've given him. He only loves him because you've given him loved ones that love him. You've given him, you give him great health. He's got a lot of stuff. He's got a great future. But let take it away. And you'll see he doesn't love you. That's the devil. That's the slanderer. That's the one who's accusing, accusing man to God. The devil slanders God to man, and the devil slanders, slanders man to God. That's what he does. That's why he's called the devil, because he's the slanderer. And he's looking, he's constantly looking for his next opportunity. As it says in, in, in 1 Peter 5.8, 1 Peter 5.8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. 
When it says that, that the devil is walking about, it means the devil's in a constant state of restlessness. He's in a constant state of searching. He's described in, in Matthew 12.43, Matthew 12.43, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through the dry places seeking rest and findeth none. He's always looking for where he can rest himself with a new slander, with a bring about a, 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 a new challenge. It's only because he's healthy. Take the health away. Give him chronic fatigue syndrome. And, and, and like the woman in, in, in Luke 13, 16, Luke 13, 16, where, where, where she was for 18 years, she was in a state that was caused by the devil, a health state caused by the devil in Luke 13, 16, and where the Lord said, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. For others, it's a, it's a painful chronic health condition like the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, where it says in 2 Corinthians 12.7, 2 Corinthians 12.7, where Paul said, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For the lost, the devil is the one who's constantly setting traps to keep them away from the Lord Jesus. It says in 1 Timothy 2.26, 1 Timothy 2.26, that they may recover themselves out of the snare, out of the trap of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. And, and what this does is that, is, that, is that this causes people to end up in a state, the loss to end up in a state that is, de- that is described as being turned aside, turned aside. 1 Timothy 5.15, 1 Timothy 5.15. For some are already turned aside after Satan. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. 
early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, meals, teaching, creation museum, and tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Grow deeper in God's Word with the Friendship with God King James Version Study Bible prepared by Tom Cantor. This genuine lambskin large print study Bible features the history of Israel, full-color timeline and maps, frequently asked questions about the Jewish Messiah, prophecy and fulfillment study, Hebrew root notations and definitions, the life study of Joseph, and so much more. Order your copy today for only $49.95. That's $49.95. And receive a free personal signed copy by Mr. Tom Cantor, along with your name engraved on the cover. To order your Friendship with God Study Bible, call 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Or visit us at creationbookstore.com. That's creationbookstore.com. 